0: Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I, uh, you know, my dad says it quite often, and does anybody know what the line is? It's a quick trip. It's a quick trip, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if we ever stop and just really think about it, but wow, it's like one day, you know, when you're a little kid growing up, we say it all the time, it's like the days and the hours can't go fast enough, and my parents used to always say when I was younger, of course, my grandparents, you know, embrace the moment, especially when your kids are born, enjoy the moment, and of course, even though we act like we're listening, we're not, and uh, we play pretend, young people, you do it all the time, because right now, you just think we're nuts. Um, and, and it's probably true, okay? You're probably right. But all the young people sit there and look at you like, Ugh, the days just stretch on. And, uh, and all I can say is, uh, all right, good luck with that. Uh, because it won't be long and you're going to be married and the kids will be grown and you're going to look just like us and you're going to tell your grandkids it's a quick trip and they're going to think you're nuts. Um, and, uh, but man, is it a quick trip. It's just hard to believe that here we are, it's 2022. And I, I, I remember, we were talking about it yesterday. Uh, y'all remember the turn of, uh, you know, the century? And the world was coming to an end? You know? And some of you went and sold everything and bought that little cabin on top of the hill. Don't raise your hand. Because God was going to come back. Even though Jesus didn't know, you knew. You know? Uh, and I just want to say that if you ever get one of those books and it says, here's when the end time's is going to happen, please just throw it in the fire. Um, and I'm sincere about that. If that offends you, good. Um, because if Jesus Christ said he didn't know the day or an hour, do you really think a human being's going to figure that out? And so uh, all I know is that every, every generation thought it was the end. In fact, I can show you. Uh, In the gospel of John, that even John thought that, that he would not see death. And that goes clear back to when every generation thought they were in the end times. People go, yeah, but look at the signs of the time. Uh, Folks, we're not there yet. I'm just going to be up front with you. I could show you that in scripture, what Jesus said. There's a thought for you. Uh, But, uh, uh, you know, every generation thought that. But I think it's a good thing because we should act like it and live like that. We should always live with a sense of urgency and expectancy, right? Yeah. And so uh, here we are, 2022. And I'm going to go ahead and set up uh, where we're going. And I'm, I'm trusting, and please hear this, my trust is to believe at 2022, there will be no empty seats even in this service. And that's why we're going to finish up this series. I'm going to get, for the next two weeks, I'm going to get a little more personal And some people would stop and go, oh boy, here we go again. Um, Because I think we're in desperate need of it. There's some fires that need to be lit under God's people. There's a a sense of of we've got to ask ourselves, what does it really mean to be a Christian? Because I think there's a lot of people who think they're saved and they're not. I'm not afraid to say that. And you go, well, you can't play judge and jury. Actually, I can, because Jesus says you'll know them by their fruit. Well, you won't know fruit unless you look at it and inspect it. And there's something that we're supposed to be as Christians. He didn't save you so then you could get back to your normal life. And we're going to talk about that next week. I just I'm not even going to tell you what we're going to talk about, but I'm going to tell you, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. I always think about this. Christians who stop and would hear what a message is and then decide if they're going to come or not are probably not Christian. Because when you have when you're saved, please hear this. It's not about you anymore. There's the spirit of God in you people. If the spirit's not there, you don't know him. But if the Spirit's there, the Bible says he's going to teach you all things. He's going to give you a hunger, a craving. So when people call themselves Christians go, I don't really want to hear that, you probably don't know him. You just got married to the church. You have this idea. You have some information, but you don't have the transformation. Because something happens. Please hear this. Jesus Christ didn't die on a cross so you and I could keep living the way we think we want to live. When you understand that death... That's what you want to do. Die to yourself. And you want something new in you. That's what it's all about. It's not about church, it's not about tenants, it's not about singing the music you like and, and making sure it's just about an hour. It's not about that. You can't when you know Jesus, you can't give enough. I just want you to think about it. How do we call ourselves Christian? He dies on the cross for us and then we stop and go, "Yeah, but that's good for you, but not for me." You know, I mean, why do we do that? That doesn't even sound like what it's about. Eleven disciples, ten of them, gave their lives to the gospel and found a privilege and joy. And every one of them said, I couldn't give enough. How can you respond to the cross and think that you have anything to offer except desperately try, if you will, just want to keep shedding everything about me and being more hungry about him? And that's what I'm coming into is that we come into 2022, I have two words that I, I always have. That, you know, there's this book out called, you know, The Word, you know, Live for a Word. I live for the Word, Jesus. Um, but I always try to have a few things that just keep bringing me back. And so um, this year, it's, uh, it's uh, Slay Giants, and the first giant being me. Every day of my life, I'm trying to look at my life and think, what do I need to die to? What do I need to die to? What is it that I I keep holding on to that's comfortable? What do I need to do to get myself in a place that God could do something so amazing through me? And I I hope that that's the way you're going in, in into 2022. If not, I'm trusting that the next few weeks are going to change that. Because we're going we're gonna to use this Christmas series, and I love it. I just love that we're in January and we're still singing the Christmas stuff. I love all the lights. I think it's great. I um, thought it was interesting. Someone actually this week stole one of the extension cords out of the, uh, that just cracks me up. It's like, wow, all you do is have to ask. Um, but uh, uh, I, I just thought that was interesting. So, uh, but I, I, I love all the lights. I just love everything that's about it. It's Christmas. It's always Christmas. The Savior has come, and he's given up his life so you and I could experience life and life to the full. So it's pretty awesome. So we're going to talk, if you will, if you got your Bibles, and want you to go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. As you're going there, we're going we're gonna to get a little bit more closer to the vine, if you will, today. And next week, we're really going to go, and I'm actually going to be speaking and talking about something. that we I don't know if we've ever done in this church. So there's one for you. Kind of hopefully wet the whistle a little bit. And then we're going to start a series, and it's going to be a long series called Mart. And I'm literally going to show you what it means to be not just transformed in Christ, but how do you go out and share that and live that in the world. Because I hear people do it all the time, you know. I'm no longer going to say these words in the future of this church. You just get them here, I'll tell them about Jesus. I'm not doing that anymore. Nothing in the Bible says that my job is to make sure that you grow. My job is to equip you to help other people grow. And over and over, we've learned in America, we've been conditioned to take. It's always the pastor. It's always the pastor. Everybody wants to meet the pastor. You know, well, I'm not going to change your life. I've had a few people walk up to me and they'll, and I, and if you, if you've said this in the last few months, you've heard me respond. They walk up and go, pastor, you've changed my life. And I look at them and go, I hope not. Because if I change your life, you're in serious trouble. Oh no, no, no. God used you. And I said, but then let's give him the glory. I can't transform a life. And I appreciate the respect that you have and the calling that God has given me. But the real church is this. You're the pastor and my job is to equip you. That's how the world changes. And it isn't bringing them to church. It's going out and being the church. And I'm going to show you how that works and what it means. And and I'm trusting when we get done, if you really know Jesus, it's going to transform you. And we're going to walk through what does it really mean to be God's church and be marked by God. And uh, I can't wait. Very, very excited about it. Well, it was a few days after Christmas. The family was busy cleaning up the mess and putting everything away. As they took down the Christmas tree, their young boy said, what are you doing? Of course, the parents responded, we're putting all the Christmas stuff away. To which he quickly replied, why are you doing that? His mom took him in his arms and said, so everything will go back to normal again. And I love what he said. I don't want things to go back to normal. And I want want you to think about it, even in light of the pandemic. Why would you want things to go back to normal? Why would anybody want that? Now, please, I, I want you to, Wrestle with this for a moment because I've heard it a lot, even in light of the pandemic. But if we could just get a vaccine and get everything fine, let's just get back the way it was. Really? Has anybody thought that prior to the pandemic, we were in trouble as a nation? Do you know why we're in trouble as a nation? Because of where we've been. We keep trying to hold on to what is comfortable. We try to hold on to what's best for me. That's called fear. And the Bible says that Jesus came to remove all fear. Fear not is what the angels told the shepherds that day. I bring you good news of great joy, which is happening in the moment about what is to come, not where they'd been. Because if you knew the history of Israel, it's pretty much the same history and moment we're experiencing today. I don't want to go back. All that's going to do is prolong the inevitable. I think our God wants to do something fresh and new. And I'm sorry that he allows certain things, but some of those things need to be allowed because he's been doing everything he can to get our attention. Maybe that's why a small C COVID gets more focused than a big seed Christ. If Jesus would have came to be COVID, there'd be more of a witness and a possibility of something changing than this country. But people are more freaked out about a pandemic than they are the person of Jesus Christ. To fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, people. I'm not trying to make light of a pandemic. I'm just trying to exercise the magnitude of a big God. Man, is it quiet in here? What does it really mean to be a Christian? Maybe you're already on the defense because you know, but if you knew, then why aren't you pastoring a church? What is it about us that we're more interested in wanting people to tell us what we want to hear than what we need to know? What is it about us that we think we know and we don't even read the Bible anyway? But unto us born this day is a Savior. And I don't think we even begin to understand that. This is why we flipped the script. Because what Jesus did 2,000 years ago was to get his people off of normal. If I could say it that way. Jesus came, if you would, To turn everything upside down and everyone inside out. Did you catch that? See, I don't know about you, but it's always a little depressing for me when Christmas, at least the holiday, comes to an end. It's depressing. People start taking everything down. Seems like the magic. I mean, in a cold, cold world, all the lights and decorations start going away. I miss that I love the colors of Christmas don't you Amen. I love the music of Christmas I know there's a few songs a little cheesy out there I get it you know grandma got run over by her. you know what I mean I mean it's just a little out there but it's a little depressing for me when all of a sudden it's like something comes to an end it goes back into the box if I could say it this way, because when it comes to Christmas, it's supposed to be so much more. So much more. And yet, why do we keep settling for so much less? Let me say it again. Christmas was to be so much more, hence the message. Christ more. We launched on Christmas, Christ must. The very next day we talked about Christ mess, our mess. But I want to talk now about Christ more why do we settle for so much less why do we why do we call ourselves followers of christ and hold on to grudges why do we settle for so much less we call ourselves a christian and we see someone come in that hurt our feelings and we dodge into a store can you think about that think how sick that is i love jesus Ooh, avoid them What is it about us we settle for so much less? We hold on to things. We get our feelings hurt. We pick up our toys. We get in social media. I'm thinking about in 2022 of actually not doing it anymore myself. We might even cancel it in the church. Because I don't understand it. We're supposed to be Christians. And because of Christ must... There's so much Christ more. Why would we want to settle for anything less? Anything less than that? We're supposed to be different. Amen to that? I read about a wealthy European family decided to dedicate their newborn child. Now they had an enormous estate and decided they wanted to do the dedication there, So dozens of guests were invited to the elaborate affair, you can imagine. Nothing, nothing was held back for this child. Everyone arrived, elegantly dressed. After depositing their wraps on a bed upstairs, they came back down and enjoyed royal entertainment, you can imagine. The finest of hors d'oeuvres, the highest of drink. But soon the time had come for the main event. The infant's dedication. But there was no baby. You see, when the child's governess went upstairs to bring down the child, she returned frantic. The child was nowhere to be found. Of course, everyone began searching. It was then that someone recalled having seen a child asleep upstairs in one of the beds. And sure enough, buried underneath the pile of coats, jackets and furs was the little baby. And I fear we might have done the same. Somehow, some way, just like this child, we buried Jesus beneath our traditions, our ideas, our celebrations. If you got your Bible's Ephesians three. And I want to begin in the 14th verse because so often I'm going to get to a verse that's a quite famed verse, but I think we miss all of the buildup, and I don't want us to miss that. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in the 14th verse. You can follow along on the screen if you'd like. Here's what it says. For this reason I kneel before the Father. Notice what Paul is saying to the church of Ephesus. He's speaking, he's preaching, if you will. For this reason... Everything comes down to this moment. I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I don't know how you got into this world through the traditional mindset of a mom and dad coming together, being married. In a moment of oneness, a little child begins to be formed and hence great celebration you're born. I don't know how you came into the world. Maybe you don't even know who your dad is. I don't know. I want to say this first of all. You're not an accident. I don't care how you came in this world. You are a gift of almighty God. And if you keep looking back at what you didn't have, you're exactly looking in the direction the devil wants. And you're believing a lie. Whatever reason you're in this world, you are a gift, handcrafted gift of God to this world. And your life is not behind you. It's right now in you and before you, if you choose. Celebrate the fact that you have breath. Not about how it came. That's what the devil wants. He wants you always looking out rather than within. But you're a gift of Almighty God. But here's the other thing you need to know. Not only are you a gift, you're exactly on planet Earth when God wanted you here. And everything about you is because of God, nothing else. And if you don't agree with that, then you have to believe that you are God. And I'm going to keep saying until the day I die, there's only two gods in this world. There's Yahweh or your way. There is no others. You're either dead to yourself and serving him, or it's still all about you. You see, God doesn't want 99% of you. He either gets it all or he doesn't want any of it. That's what my Bible says. Jesus said, you can't have two masters, pick one. And he uses this, you'll either love one and hate the other, he says. And so I want you to catch this, what Paul is just saying. Every person is because of Almighty God. Now look what he says. I pray that out of his glorious riches, not yours, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being. We're to walk by the Spirit. That's what Paul says over and over and over again. That's what Jesus said. It's best I go away because the Holy Spirit's going to come. And greater things you're going to do than I, Jesus said. The power of the Holy Spirit. So that, watch this, verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the Lord's people, together with all the Lord's people, not individually, not in isolation. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, all understanding. And that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Now here it is. Not a hymn, not to us. Now, to him who's able to do immeasurably more, there it is. Now, to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, all that we could ask, think, or imagine, according to his power, not mine, that is at work within you. To him be glory in the church. To him, to him. I don't know if you recognize the name Ron Papil. Anybody know that name? A couple of you, you know, you'll know who it is in a moment. Okay. He coined a phrase. Ready for this? But wait, there's more. (laughs) Not only do you get these five Ginsu knives for three easy payments of $29.99, you get a week-long trip to Disney. But there's more. We're going to throw in a brand-new Mercedes, and there's more. By the time he gets done, you don't even care about the knives. Now, I'm not making light of this, because from the 1950s through the 1970s, he was recognized as one of television's great movie stars and created an empire in those two decades. Think about when that is, 50s, 60s, and 70s, worth over $200 million. Because he took a phrase 2,000 years ago at the birth of a baby and who said, wait, there's more. There's so much more than trees and lights and decorations. There's so much more. This is what Christmas is all about. This was the birth of Jesus. So much more. And this is what Paul's trying to tell us. This is what Paul's trying for us to get. When you understand who this child is, if I contend very few people do. And what this child can do. And I contend so few people ever, ever experience it. It's amazing. When it comes to the church using this analogy, how many people want to be a parent, but will spend all of their lives never getting to experience it. It's all talk, no walk. They have no idea who this Jesus is. They have no idea what this Jesus can do. And that's what I'm hoping in this message you can grasp. May you be able to fully comprehend, Paul said, as all God's people should, they should get this. I mean, he's just begging. Man, I want you to get this. You have a wayward marriage. You have a struggling marriage. Okay, but I'm God. Things aren't working out as you would hope, but I'm God. I don't want you to miss this, people, because I'm going to talk about this. We should know how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. This Jesus who's able to do imaginably more than all we ask or imagine, but the fact is we don't. Just look how we live. Did, I'm not asking you. Please don't respond to this. Just in your own mind, think about it. how many of you is that? How you live this week? Remember, you love Jesus. I'm a Christian. That's what you want to tell her. But you don't have a right to judge, Pastor. Did you live this week? Did you get up going, man? I can't wait to see what God's gonna do. Did you walk up to your wife's husbands and go, "I just want to tell you something. I'm, you are such a gift from God. I love you, oh, man." What is it about us that we settle for so much less? We didn't date her that way. Pretty sure he didn't walk up to her and pretend she didn't exist. What is it about us? What is it about the devil that gets so, if you will, involved, that he gets us so distracted and so sidetracked that we keep missing the amazing things that God can do? We're all freaked out about the government. I mean, it just cracked me up. Well, you know what's happening in Washington? I could and care less. You know what's happening in heaven? The Bible says the government rests on his shoulders. He's not heaven going, oh boy, what am I gonna do with those Americans? You know what I mean? Why don't we live that way? Why are we talking about something that's so temporal? You really think when you stand at the pearly gates of God, you're gonna go, Can you believe what the Senate voted? I just cannot believe it. Okay, if that happens, you're not in heaven, okay? All right? You're in Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Let me give you a few things about this child, people. Let me give you a few things about this child. I want us to be a church that really loves Jesus. Not plays church not just shows up and goes through the motions, not sits here and calls ourselves Christians and always looking to be offended. There's just something wrong with that. There's just something wrong with that. How do we expect God to do what God can do in Sioux Falls when we don't even believe God can do that within ourselves? Why are some of you not smiling? (laughs) Here's the first thing I want you to know about this child. He came to turn a life upside down. He came to turn a life upside down. He did not come to make your life convenient or comfortable. He came to flip the script. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Folks, our God is a God of great reversals. Have you not figured this out? He can flip the script on any and all situations, but maybe that's our problem. We want him to do that, but we want him to do it our way. But he doesn't do it that way. When he does it, it's a little weird. Like, it's not what we would expect. Think about it in this country. You want to be the greatest? Be the least. Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 God. That's not how we think. But that's what Jesus said. He said, you want to be first? Be last. You want to save your life? You're going to have to lose it. You have an enemy? I want you to love them and bless them. What? What? See, everything Jesus did was flip the script topsy-turvy upside down. Or maybe for the first time, finally upside right. Folks, listen to this. In God's hands, this is, where I, this is the part that breaks my heart. In God's hand, no script is predictable. In God's hand, no storyline is inevitable. In God's hand, no outcome is certain. You may think you know the outcome of your life, but he can change it in the blink of his eye who can do immeasurably more than anything you can think. Jesus said, my ways are not your ways. I don't think like you think. That's our problem, people. That's why we need to be in the word of God, so he can transform our minds so we think differently. We got to think differently. By the way, let's just play this out. For heaven's sake, take a peek in the Bethlehem barn. Let's just go there right now. I'm going to open up the door. Okay. Remember, the city's packed and they couldn't find any place to put little baby Jesus to be born. So God put him in a barn, open it up. Did anybody see that coming? When do we stop and just think about that? The way Jesus was born. Who saw that one coming? I can tell you the whole nation of Israel didn't. They were reading all the prophecies. They were waiting for him to come with armor and unbelievable on a nice white horse and he was going to wipe out all the pagan world. And the king of kings and the lord of lords, you know, the one who's going to change the world, comes as a baby born in a barn. No one saw that coming. Think about this. One minute Jesus is holding the universe in his hand. Have you ever stopped and thought about this? One minute. The God the Alpha, the Omega, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is holding the world in his hand in the very next breath. He's squeezing the pinky of an earthly mama. That was a moment in time. Talk about an incredible God who loves us and trusts us. He didn't come out of the barn going, I am who I am. His first words were, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm trying for you to think about that. No one saw that one coming. But that's who he is. How about his greatest reversal? 33 years later, he's in a graveyard outside of Jerusalem. I don't think we really believe he died in the cross because I don't believe we believe he really died. Who saw that one coming? Okay, we'll deal with the baby, but finally he's a child. Now he's a teenager. Whoa, now he's in his teens. We can deal with this. And he's starting to preach. And, boys, he's starting to do things. He's healing people. woo But the Jesus, that Christ that we celebrate now, 2,000 years ago was a corpse, people. He had no pulse. He had no breath. And for a moment, the world had no hope. He's wrapped tighter than the Egyptian mummy, and he laid in a borrowed tomb. The King of kings and the Lord of lords laid in a borrowed tomb. And while his enemies decide to raise a toast, he decides to raise himself. Now, I don't want you to lose this. I want you to think about it for a moment because some of us feel this way. You remember those followers, those remaining 11 disciples who forsook everything? Just keep this in mind. They forsook everything. They left their nets, their occupations. They left their parents. And now it seemed that Jesus... See, we we get the end of the story. We don't think about the moment. All 11 of them went into hiding because it appeared that Jesus flipped the script, and gave them the gift in return. He left them. He left them. He left them. The world went empty. The world went dark. And everything was over, so it seemed. But then the God of great reversals turns the tables one more time. He institutes the opposite, and he turns everything upside down. See, I I don't know how you want to write Easter, but the message is crystal clear in the Bible. He ain't here. He's risen, just as he said. And if he can do that back then, what can he do with you and I right now? See, I don't think we believe it. Who's to say that he doesn't have a reversal in store for your future that seems to suck right now? Who's to say he can't flip the script in whatever you're going through and whatever seems so difficult right now? Who's to say he can? Can I encourage you? Don't let the middle of your book define his final chapter. And yet we do all the time, don't we? What is it about us? No individual people, no institution people, no organization, no society, no country, no government is beyond the influence of our almighty God. But we're supposed to be the influence. Proverbs 24 says, fear God, dear children. Fear God, dear children. He doesn't say dear adults. He calls us children because so often that's how we live. Like little ignorant children who don't really understand. Here's what he says. Because without warning, your life can be turned upside down. And who knows how or when it might happen. See, I I don't know if you've ever seen these. I love stuff like this. I mean, I just love stuff like this. See, to me, this is what a lot of people look like. In the church. I'm not going to, I won't point you out, okay? It's amazing to me how many people love Jesus. You know it? I think a world looks like this. There's a lot of people in pain. Would you agree with that? But see, I love stuff like this. Nothing has to change. It just takes God to flip the script. That's all he has to do is just flip the script. It's just that simple. He can take a life and do what we can't even begin to imagine. I know these are really simple. But too often we tend to look at life and we see the little old lady. And we miss the little kid on the joyride. It's just a flip of a script of what God can do. Finally, for the first time, not you, you're not turned upside down. We're actually upside down right now. We're now upside down. Right. Amen to that? Let me get personal with you, and I'll give you the, another. I'm worn out with Jesus the Savior. I'm just worn out with it in the church. Don't run to the door and think your pastor's lost his mind, because I haven't. Maybe I've just found my heart. He didn't come to save us. He came to turn our lives upside down. And that you and I would live with our lives blown off the doors. We'd be so full of joy that's so contagious, so full of life that's beyond anything. People would just like, oh, I've got to be like that. That's what he came to do, people. He wants us to live that way. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Here's number two. This child can transform a life inside out. Not only... Does he want to turn a life upside down? He can transform a life inside out. Proverbs 21 says the Lord directs the king's thoughts. He turns them wherever he wants to, wherever he wants to. Why don't we believe this? Why can't we believe this? And what would happen if we actually did? What if we actually took salvation as it was and abandoned ourselves and everything we thought and actually stepped in? What could God do? And we see it with Abraham we see it with Joseph. We see it with Daniel. We see it with Esther. Look, look what the Bible says in Esther 9.1. On the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king was, carried, was to be carried out. Do you remember what the edict was? All the Jews need to die. That was the edict handed down by the king because of a guy named Haman who hated the Jews He got it passed, if you will, in the House, went to the Senate, became unanimous, and every Jew was to die. That is a real place, a real time, a real truth. I just wonder if that would happen if somehow we got passed, that every Christian who claims the name of Jesus in this country would have to die. Look what the Bible says, though. On this day... The enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but now the tables were turned. And the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. Every translation states the same, but a little bit different language. In God's Word, it says the exact opposite happened. In the ESV, the English Standard Version, says the reversed occurred. In the Brean Standard Bible, it says their plan was overturned. In the New American Standard, it says it turned out to the contrary. Everyone states it just a little bit different, but the impregnated truth is there. Our God is a God who can turn things upside down and inside out. Amen to that? Listen, this is what makes a good movie great. You know when suddenly there's a moment that leaves you thinking, I did not see that one coming. That's when it goes to be a great movie. It's what makes a good story great. When you find yourself staying up past your bedtime continuing to read because you can't believe what just happened. You keep turning the page back. Did I misread that? This is our God, folks. This is the one who can do the unexpected. Make for a total reversal. You know, the element of surprise. Well, let me help you with it. Am I boring you right now? No. Folks, listen to this. Abraham and Sarah. Do you remember the story? It's a true story. God says when they're young, you're going you're to get pregnant. She gets about 50 and she's like, I ain't pregnant yet. The social security check starts showing up. She ain't pregnant yet. But our God, who I just love that we don't get this. We read the story, but we don't get it. He waits for the impossible. And one day she's now 90, old and barren. And God wakes her up. She's now wide eyed. He says, you're pregnant. She's like, what, what? You know what I mean? It's just awesome. How about Joseph? He gets sold into slavery. Some of you feel that way, but could you understand that maybe your selling into slavery was actually God's greatest gift and God's going to do something amazing through your life instead of giving you that little convenient, comfortable life that you think is the best? Joseph goes to sleep one night as an Egyptian prisoner Wakes up the next as the Egyptian prime minister. How about the Red Sea? Trapped and uncrossable one minute. The very next now a pathway into the promised land. How about Joshua? Six times they walk around the city of Jericho, but that seventh, the walls are reduced to rubble. How about Goliath? For 40 days he defies God's people, but the very next David loads up a sling with a stone and lets it fly, and now a giant problem becomes a little headless. How about 450 prophets of Baal mocking God one minute and the very next Elijah prays, fire falls from heaven and all 450 die. How about a bunch of lions wanting to eat Daniel one minute, but the very next they can't even open their mouths. Does anybody see the pattern here and the rhythm of how God is? Who and what's he like? See, our nature, our nature is always solve the problem from the outside in. That's why we create laws. Well, people are just beating. We need to put up a new sign. That'll make them slow down. Well, that worked. That's why we have strategies. This is why we hire a life coach. This is why we make New Year's resolutions. But none of them work long term. I remember telling somebody, you don't need a life coach. You need to love Christ. Folks, real change happens from the inside out. So here's a thought. Instead of adding Jesus to your life, how about you start with him in your heart and let him blow the doors off with the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul said in Romans 8. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? You know, the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, where is he at? (laughs) Folks, we have a God who can turn everything inside out, upside down, and here's finally there's more, one more, and I'm gonna invite Ryan to the stage. This child can take a life over and above. It's not just from upside down to inside out, he'll take us over and above beyond anything we could ever think or imagine. Yeah. Ever think or imagine? I read about a chauffeur who had driven a chemistry professor to so many speaking engagements. And after hearing that same speech over and over, he figured I could give it. Why are they paying him so much? I'm having to drive this limo. He gets to do the speaking and he's doing the same thing. And so on one of their speaking engagements on the way there, he just turned around and says, you know, professor, I could give your speech myself. (laughs) I've heard it so many times. No big deal. The professor, who was not deterred or offended, said, I'll bet you 50 bucks you can't. The chauffeur said, you're on. Pulled the limo over, and they actually changed clothes. When they got to the event, the chauffeur, who's now dressed in a tuxedo, sitting at the head table, as he looked out and saw the professor looking on, When he was introduced, he stood up and gave a speech exactly as he had heard it given so many times before. And when he had finished, there was a standing ovation. The chauffeur looked at the professor, and he winked at him and said, yeah. It was then the MC got up and said, you know, we are so fortunate to have such a fine resource for us tonight. And since we have a little extra time, I thought it would be good if we had some questions and answers. The first question was asked, and the chauffeur stood up there, dumbfounded, clearing his throat nervously, had no idea how to answer, but he had a flash of insight. He got back in front of the mic and said, you know, that's just about the dumbest question I've ever heard. In fact, so dumb, I'll bet my chauffeur right over here could get up here and answer that question. (laughs) You say, why do I say that? I like what C.S. Lewis says. We don't need to be told new ideas so much as we need to be reminded of the old truths. Folks, we don't need a fresh wind in some ways. We just need to open up our sails and let his wind start blowing in ways he's always wanted to do in the first place. See, I don't know if you do what I do when you have a tape measure, but when you're measuring a room, you know you put it on one and stretch it out and when you get to the other side you bend it. Anybody do that? Come on, raise your hand. Did you guys know that's wrong? (laughs) Did you know all you have to do is stretch it out and push the tape right up to the corner and you'll get the exact measurement because on the side of the tape it's actually the right length. All you have to do is just add it to what you see. You don't have to bend anything. I think this is what we do all the time. You know, discover that we've been doing something one way, only discover it's been the wrong way the whole time. I'm just posing the thought is maybe we've been doing church wrong all this time. Maybe we've been doing Christianity wrong all this time. Maybe Jesus was actually right. Because I hear people come up, we just got to go to a church where I get fed. No, you don't. First of all, you probably don't know anything anyway, so get over yourself. You don't need to get fed, you need to become the food. What good is it for you to gain more knowledge but do nothing with it? What good is it for you to sit in a church, you can take notes and learn something, go, boy, I really needed that, but it didn't do anything in your marriage, didn't do anything in your home, didn't do anything in your business or your life? We got to quit looking to what we get. Because if we really got Jesus, it's time for us to get about what we can give, people. We have it all wrong. If we really know Jesus, you never talk about what you get. Now, I would say this with a smile. You know why? Because I'm still blown away on Christmas. 1030 service. 400 dozens of cookies. And you all screwed up my Christmas. Because my goal was to take a few of those bags out. And when the service got over, I discovered and learned that they were all gone. And you know why? I think about that on Christmas. We turned everything upside down. And you came to church. And the first thing you thought about was, we want to go out and give and bless. And the stories are unbelievable. Of people, literally, they come back and say, why are you doing this? You don't even know me. People busting in tears. A gal at one of our convenience stores literally lost it. You know what she said? No one's ever given anything to me in my life. That's how she felt. I think that's the church. That's why I believe it's, it's, it's 2022. It's time to get about the father's business. It's time for us to quit living defeated See, being a pastor wears me out because I'm supposed to be equipping the saints, but I spend most of my time empathizing and sympathizing with them. I listen to God's people walk up to me and go, oh, such a hard week, pastor. I know I got the spirit of God in me, but he's worthless because I'm just, I'm getting killed. I mean, the devil's just beating me up. I'd love God's people to come in and go, how was your week? Man, it was awful. I was kicking the devil's butt everywhere all week, man. He's probably, he's probably struggling. He's probably sucking hair right now, man. (laughs) See, that's the way it should be. We should be living, we shouldn't be living for victory. We should be living from victory. That's what we should be. That's what we should be. By listening to so many of God's people tell me how bad they got it and how rough it's going. And I mean, Don't get me wrong, in my heart I'm just like, really? You got the Holy Spirit, it's bigger. Don't you believe in the cross? You really don't think much of that, do you? I'm not, I'm not saying I don't understand, but why are we going to keep going and talking about what's happening to you? How about, why don't we look at what happened in you? And let's, stoke, let's start going out and just really invading the world with the love of Jesus. See, that's when the world goes, I don't get it, but that's what the book of Acts, that's why God added to their number thousands every day. See, I believe this with all my heart. I'm done with all stuff of, of, you know, let's go out and read. Folks, we, I believe in 2022, we'll have to keep adding services because thousands of people want to know Jesus. And you know why? Because we know Jesus. That's how it works. It's as simple as that. They'll want what we got because they watch how we live and what we believe. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. I'm fearful always to say and get personal with you. So I'm not fully. I'm just going to say this. Okay? Don't assume that everything I go through is easy. That would be ignorance. You have no idea some of the things that I go through. But I never go through them alone. I got the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who turned my life upside down. I want to be this. I don't want to feel like that. There's so much more within us that God wants to do so much more. Amen? Do you believe that, people? Do you believe that? How was your Christmas? <laughs> so many of you have been working on me. You'll come up and say, how's your Christmas? And you, you notice I have to pause for over. They were like, ah, oh, I got ya. Yeah. <laughs> See what I started? Father, thank you so much for the gift of Jesus. Wow. But you didn't come to be Savior. You came to blow our doors off. You came to turn our lives upside down, inside out, and over and above in ways we can't even fathom. You came to use us in ways that we we didn't even think were possible. You would illuminate, even in our darkness, light that would reflect out into the world that people would be hungry to know. Who is that? Everything about us. That's why we're going to go through trials. You said that, but it's who we go through with. We're not alone. That's why we can sing and shout for joy. That's what James says. When you're going through a trial, consider it a joy. Because God is doing something, you're doing something in and through us that we can't fathom. It's not about us. This is the moment that we get to sing and worship and praise Almighty God that the world would say, I don't understand. And you get to go, let me tell you about it. Let me help you with that. We're different. As we come into this brand new year, at least on the calendar, it's because of Christmas. I like where it's located. It's not the end of anything. It's the beginning of everything. 2022, what you want to do, in and through each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, Take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to Celebrate.Church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.